Well, I say good morning also. And it's great to see a good-sized crowd today. I thought you'll be down on the beach. Good morning to you. Well, we're coming to uh, the end of our series that Pastor Brian started at Easter. Um, Questions that Jesus asked. He was always asking questions. And uh, we chose a few to try to help us understand more about who God is. The question that we have for today, and I thought to myself, yo, Brian, what does the scripture say? You want me to teach that in a half an hour? (laughs) I'm spending my whole lifetime trying to understand what the scripture says. But the story that we find this question in, I'm going to share with you, but we're not going to study that question. I'm going to try to just kind of walk through the story. Then we're going to take just a brief look and a span at Scripture. What does the Scripture say? Things that you and I should really know, understand, and practice. The story is from Luke 10. A little bit of the background, Jesus just sent out 70 to share the gospel, heal, do all kinds of miracles, and they come back pumped. Wow, we can't believe that the power of God was in us and we were able to heal people, cast out demons, and you know what Jesus says? Don't make that a big deal. Here's what I think is a big deal, that you can rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Jesus is always about the gospel, the most important thing in our lives to know, understand, and believe. So after that, in that setting, this guy comes, a lawyer, scribe, And he wants to test Jesus. Well, (laughs) Jesus is sure used to getting tested by religious people. And here's the question he asked him. How do I inherit eternal life? When Brian started this series in Easter, he made this point. Here's the most important question you and I should be able to answer. Who is Jesus? That's a great question. Here's the most important question a human should ask. How do I inherit eternal life? And how did Jesus respond? He asked a question. What does the scripture say? Well, this guy, a study of the law, said... Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and spirit. And he added, and love thy neighbor as thyself. Jesus said, this must have blown him away. You've answered correctly. But then he adds this. Do this and you'll live. Very important question Jesus asked at that point. And then the guy says in Luke 10, to justify himself, well, who is my neighbor? And then Jesus goes on to that familiar passage 
of the Good Samaritan. Now, in reality of this passage, a Jew hated Samaritans, called them half-breeds. Believe me, racism was always about us everywhere. So, with Jesus' question and answer, do this and you will live, he didn't say to him, as he's done to others in the scripture, you don't measure up to my commands. Nobody measures up to the law. I, who've been following the Lord 65 years now, do I feel old? I still don't measure up to loving God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving my neighbor. But I do say this, now that I've been in Christ for some years, I know that in Christ and allowing the Holy Spirit to live in me, I can begin more and more to live that way. And I say hallelujah to that. This man didn't want to know how to have eternal life because what he should have done after Jesus told him, love God with all your heart and love your neighbor, he should have cried out, have mercy on me. I can't do this. That's the response to the law. If you remember some months ago, I guess, we studied Galatians. The Galatians says the law was to be a schoolmaster, to teach us we can't keep the law. Why? Because you and I are sinners. And that's an important part of what the Scripture says. So what I just... I believe God was kind of moving my spirit to do is I want to take seven portions of Scripture that kind of gives us a little blast, an overview on what the Scripture says. We will never fully on this life understand the Scriptures. Ephesians tells us I'm going to learn the Scriptures even into eternity. And I'm looking forward to Jesus teaching that. I want to show this one verse from Proverbs. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Now, this is Proverbs 2. If you go uh, through a lot of Proverbs, the Song of uh, not Solomon, not the Song of Solomon, Solomon says, Whatever you do, get knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. And I put it in that order for a certain reason. I did a study on this. And I believe knowledge is the first step in what we should seek. Knowledge about God through his word. And I say it this way. Knowledge is right information. We live in a world today where we are being bombarded with information. A lot of it lies. And they say it as if it's true. What you and I need to do in our journey here on this earth is to find information that's true. Right data. Seek understanding. Understanding is the ability to take truth or right data and comprehend what it means. It makes sense to you. 
I see this in the computer world. I can be given knowledge, right knowledge about computers or my iPhone, and it don't matter. It doesn't make sense to me. You can teach me how to use it, but I don't understand really how it works. These, um, go to the Geek Squad, they know how it works. They can unpack it, fix it, do all that. Can't do that. But when it comes to the scriptures, how important it is not only to know what Jesus says or the other writers of the Bible, but why is it there? What does God want me to know and understand? And Pastor Brian used this word, um, knowing Jesus, not even knowing who he is, but having insight. That's understanding of what God wants me to know through the scriptures. And then wisdom is taking right data, comprehending it the right way, and now practicing it. There's that little word in the middle of wisdom, do. If you remember the Sermon on the Mount, the one who hears God's word and does it or puts it into practice is like the wise man who builds his house upon the rock. That's where wisdom comes for you and I. Not that we just know God's word, understand it, but we do it, we practice it. Now, I had an opportunity to experience this whole thing of knowledge and understanding a couple months ago. It was time for my eye exam. And my sister, who loves me very much, says, Jack, you gotta tell the doctor that there's glycoma in our family. So let him know that. Okay, I will. So I had to take this test. How many ever had a, a test with glycoma? Not many. It's when you get old. So they sit me in this chair, and here's the information they say. They give me a little thing to push. Put my head in this little screen, look straight ahead, and here's this half the size of a dime, a yellowish-brown circle. Look straight at it, and when you see little flashes of light come by, push the button. I said, I can do that. Now, you need to know, whenever we receive knowledge, you and I were always going to interpret it our way. Parents, when you tell your kids something, you've got to realize what they're interpreting you're saying. It's very important. So, I'm interpreting this, okay, every time I see a light, and it, it, when I started it, I saw these little lights, they looked like stars appearing. Boop, boop. I'm looking straight ahead. They really want to taste, test your peripheral. So I'm looking. Some are very bright. That's no big deal. Got that one. Then there's a little one over here. I'm not sure if that was a light or not. I better push it anyway. <laughs> So I'm pushing and pushing. It's about a five-minute test. I got my eyes straight ahead, and I don't want to blink. I might miss a star. <laughs> so I'm looking, and then all of a sudden, my eyes start watering. Oh, man. <laughs> boop, boop. 
was that one? And this goes on for five minutes. Finally, the test is done. I go, wow, that was tough. I get the results back. You didn't do good. You got to do it again. Just what I wanted to do. So I come back. It's a different nurse. She gives me more information. Information is important, especially when it's right. This little doodad in your hand, I told her, I said, my eyes were watering so bad. Well, here, here's a tissue, wipe them. I said, well, I didn't want to miss anything. Oh, just push the button down and hold it. It'll stop the test. <laughs> I would have liked to known that in the beginning. So she gives me a tissue. I'm looking straight ahead. My eyes are watering. Boop, slow it down, wipe it down there. Look again. I passed. <laughs> no glaucoma. I was thankful for that. But does information, right information, what do we say in the courts? Tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I didn't get all the information, and when I did, it made a difference. It's what we want to look at today. I want to give you some right information. It's not all of Scripture by far, but it's vital, important information that if you believe it's true and you ask God to help you understand it and apply it, it works. Living by God's word is crucial. Okay, next verse. If you see, there's two of them there, but I did it for a certain reason. There's a way that appears to be right, but in the end leads to death. Proverbs 14, Proverbs 16 says the same thing. Now, when God repeats something, he wants to make sure you get it. Now, I was a little concerned with the Bibles we have in the back here. 2011 NIV. It's a good translation. But they left out a word that I think is pretty important here. The old original NIV has it in there. And mostly all the other translations. May I read it to you with putting in the word that's there? There's a, there's a way that appears to be right to man. But in the end, it leads to death. You and I as mankind, human beings, without good instruction by God, think we know who God is, how to get to heaven. Number one answer, how do we get to heaven? Well, in the end, if the good weighs out the bad, I'll be in. I don't know if you've been taught that or not. That is not true. We're going to go to a verse that talks about that. But as we go through the scripture, I just want to jot down a thought for us to understand here. Off of this verse, there's a way that appears to be right to mankind, but in the end it leads to death. Mankind cannot know the way to heaven. It's impossible for him to provide his own salvation. In my sinfulness, it is impossible for me to figure it out. Why? 
Because in my sinfulness, sin blinds me. Not only does it separate me from God, but I'm in a state of unbelief and blindness. And it's only Jesus, the Holy Spirit, that can awaken my dead heart, my blindness, and help me to see the way. All right, let's go to Jeremiah. This is a great verse. Here's what it says. Jeremiah, speaking in the time before the Israelites are exiled to Babylon. And Jeremiah, God wants through Jeremiah to let his people know what's important. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom, or the strong boast of their strength, or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have the understanding to know. You see those words in there? Knowledge and understanding. To know that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth. For in these I delight declares the Lord. Today, there's nothing new under the sun. Wisdom, the elite, the educated, ah, we're, more, we're better than somebody else who doesn't have as much knowledge as me. Strength and power, we see it all the time, everywhere. Power, they misuse that power. And then, this whole idea of riches. Money's everything. Money, power, intellect. And God says, <laughs> that's not important. What's important? For you and I to know him. And I want to be able to share that. That's the gospel. For us to be able to know God is what God has provided for us in the gospel with Jesus at the cross. And then it, it's a beautiful thing here. The Bible teaches us, and I always encourage us to think this way, the Bible teaches us who God is. That's how we want to go when we go into the scriptures. Lord, tell me about yourself. Lord, tell me how you work. Brian and I were talking about that. God works by grace. That is a marvelous way to understand God. And then it tells me about me. It tells us about us. Apart from God, I am in deep trouble. And so are you. But here's attributes of God. I love to be kind. I love to be just. And I love to be righteous. And one day, all of that will be fully completed all over the earth. <clears throat> There's another verse, Isaiah. This speaks on the sovereignty of God. Remember this. Keep it in mind. Take it to heart, you rebels. You see how he's describing who we are? Remember the former things, those of long ago. 
I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Oh, that we would grow in the knowledge, understanding of wisdom of who God is and his sovereignty. He never, ever makes a mistake. He doesn't go, oh, I wish I would have done that. Never, ever. He's holy, pure, perfect, all-powerful, all-knowing. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. Through his word. We have the whole story here. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. And I say, oh, write this on your heart, gang. My purpose will stand. When life looks bleak, when you look at this world and you go, what is going on? Exactly what God wants to do. He allows evil for his purposes. He blesses for his purposes. Nothing ever gets by God. My purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. Try to grow in your arguing with God. It's not good. God's always right. God has the best in mind for each one of us that are his kids. I need to believe that. And when I do, when times are hard, I can wrestle that through. Lord, help me. I'm, I'm shaking here. I'm doubting. I'm fearful. Why are you afraid? Because you don't believe in me fully. You don't believe I'm sovereign. Lord, help me to grow in that. Okay, Psalm 14. This tells a lot about me, and it tells me some things about God. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand. There's that word again. Any who seek God. And what does God find out? All have turned away. All have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. That's the state of mankind apart from God. In my sinfulness. And that should bring me to my knees. God, help me. Give me an understanding of what you want me to do. And Jesus would respond, son, daughter, I want you to understand you are lost in your sin apart from me. I want you to believe that I, the Savior, came to this world to rescue all those who will believe in me. And when we do that, when we believe that Christ ultimately died on the cross as a substitute atonement bearer for us, because we understand that I'm a sinner and God will judge that sin, but he's already judged Christ on the cross for all of us, I put my faith in trust in the work of God. God says, pow. You're changed. You're mine. You're forgiven. You're transformed. 
You're regenerated. You've been reconciled to me. A lot of other places in the scriptures that tell me what God is doing. My heart is today that if you've never come to the place where you've trusted in Christ and you, you're leaning towards you, this makes sense. Like, I, I think I believe that. I think I, I see my sinfulness. And God says you've got to be perfect. Maybe it's time I stop and ask God about these things. Seek him. If you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me, says the scriptures. Marvelous verses. Here's another one, just, just to throw it out there to help us think. James 4, 13. Now listen, you who say today and tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. Is, is that a true statement? You and I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. God may take me home. Hit by a bus, car accident, heart attack, whatever. But I don't have to fear that because I know who's in charge, the sovereign God. But that's how we act. And God is saying, don't do that. Why do you? Well, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. They used to say 70 years. Now with modern medicine, maybe 85, 90. People are living longer. I'm 70 now. What if I live 15 more years? It's just a breath. So you and I need to understand, as the scripture says, today is the day of salvation. You and I have no idea what tomorrow will come. The verse goes on to say, it's, I didn't put it up there. Uh, so what we should say is, Lord willing. I grew up with all the old people saying, I'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing. I said, what? What does that mean? I now say that. Because, not because I'm old. <laughs> but because I know I have no idea what the next moment will bring. But I'm trusting in the one who does. Lord willing, I'll be back next Sunday ready to listen to Pastor Brian. But I don't know. So we need to think of it as that. These are very important information, truths that the scriptures talk to us about. Then I want to end with this last verse, Romans 12. Most of you probably know it. Marvelous verse, verse 1 and 2. It is after, this is chapter 12, it is after 11 chapters of the glory of the gospel. And Paul's response is, in light of the beauty and majesty of the gospel, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. And I'm telling you, 
they are after us out there. We got to stand strong. We got to hold on to Jesus like an anchor of a ship. And no man can pluck us out of God's hand. That's why we stick with Jesus. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So in light of the gospel, I'm to say, I'm yours, Lord. You can have me, do whatever you want. Keep teaching me who you are and what your word says so that I can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do I renew my mind? By learning what the scripture says. Jesus' question, what does the scripture say? I have a little time. I want to try to encourage us in some pure practical exercises. What I'm about to say, if you get offended, I'm sorry. I say it with tremendous love and passion because of the importance of it. If you and I are not in the word daily, daily, Psalm 1 says, meditating on a day and night. So double daily. <laughs> night and day. Because it's the words of life. Because it gives direction. Here's what I want to encourage you to think about. We make thousands of choices every day. I want us to encourage to begin to put into our heart and mind the question, what does the scripture say? If I'm making a choice about purchasing something or spending money, what does the scripture say about money and how I should spend it? What does it say about giving and how I should give? I believe there's not a principle of life that you and I will not face that the Bible doesn't address. It doesn't tell me what car to buy. I need wisdom to know, should I buy a car or should I keep spending $350 every month to get the thing fixed? So what do I do? What does the scripture say? Acknowledge me in all your ways and I'll direct your path. Intimacy, time spent with God. I had the privilege to ask God. I have the privilege to talk to God. Take advantage of that. Here's what you need to know. God wants to direct every step you make for his purposes. So if you and I are sold out to him and say, Lord, direct me, I certainly believe you can count on that for sure. Here's another verse that the scripture says. This was in a time when Jesus hasn't eaten for 40 days. Satan comes to tempt him. And Satan, knowing he's hungry, say, yo, if you're God, turn those stones into bread. What's Jesus' answer? What does the scripture say? <laughs> From Deuteronomy. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, here's how I interpret that. 
as important as food to the body, and it's essential. You'll die physically. In your spiritual life, the Word of God is essential. We have to be men and women of the Word. Last year, Pastor Brian challenged the elders. At our elders meeting, men be in the Word, studying, reading, understanding. So I thought in the next few minutes here, let me just give you some ideas and tips that I learned. Be in the Word every day. Read it just to read the story. Don't worry about trying to explain it. Just get the story. You get a big vision, panoramic view of the Word. Then there's times where God says, study it so you're not ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Learn how to study. We'll help you to do that. Learning how to, to re, you know, get out of the word. They call it exegesis. The purpose of God's Holy Spirit. Bring out of the word what God wants you to say. Rather than eisegesis. I'm going to find out for myself what I can do here. And people really misuse that idea. But we're here to help you. Ask God for faith to believe God's word and obey it. There's many ways to study the word. Here's one way that I learned years ago. For instance, take the book of Colossians. Four chapters. You can learn that. Read the first chapter. After you read it, write down ten things that you observed in there. And it could be simple stuff. Oh, Paul says, by his grace and peace, I've been called to be an apostle. All right. After you get 10 done, write 10 more. And then you want to say, okay, what's, what's the idea here? What, what is chapter 1 of Colossians trying to express to me? Then write down that thought. Then pick a verse out of Colossians 1 and take it to heart. So that when you think about Colossians or you're asking what does the scripture say and you put it in your heart, Colossians can come up by the Holy Spirit to help you with direction. It works. I practice it. Not enough, but I practice it and I want to do more. So that... You can do this to all of scripture. Now, Genesis has a lot of chapters. But get an idea of what the book of Genesis is about. What do you think the book of Exodus is about? Exodus out of Egypt. Yeah, but you can get some more details. You can begin to practice. I know this works because Charlie wasn't a good student. I flunked English. I didn't have to go to summer school. That's a long story. But I know that God can give us knowledge, understanding, and wisdom of his word if we're serious about it, if we want to know. God wants you to know his word. So you got to get into it. you got to practice. you got to read. 
And here's my heart. One of my gifts, my strong gifts, is shepherding. I want you to know, those of you here at Hope and are regular attenders, as part of my leadership here at Hope and my gift of shepherding, I truly love and want to see you guys grow. Part of the shepherding job from Ephesians is to equip the saints so they can do the work of the ministry. You and I can't be equipped without God's word. And it's not that hard to understand if you have the Holy Spirit in you. So my heart is that this sermon today would encourage you to practice putting into your heart and mind, renewing your mind, when you make decisions day by day, week by week, month after month into the years, what does the scripture say? Jesus wants to tell you and I his plan for you and I. Let's pray. Father, your, your word tells us that your word will stand forever. It's essential in our lives. We can't live without following and knowing the word of God. We can exist, we can make choices, but they won't be right choices if it's apart from your word. So help us, we need your help. We know that the Holy Spirit wants to lead us into all truth and we thank you for that. Help us here at Hope to be men and women who love your word, who go in, get into it every day, uh, just reading it, talking to you about it. If you give us instruction, Lord, let us, let us ask you, Lord, I need help with that. I need help to love my wife as Christ loves the church. I can't do that apart from you. Lord, I need to be a person who uh, truly loves my neighbor as myself. Lord, we need to be people here at Hope who are devoted to your teaching and the word of God and to fellowship and to prayer. Help us to be that, Lord, so that we can, in everything we do, glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen.